eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is NFL Nuts. Sunday with Ryan Hannibal, Kirk Minahan, Rich Keefe, and Christian Fourier. The ultimate football podcast. Let's get started with NFL Nuts. Sunday. Now here's Ryan Hannibal. Welcome back to the Not Sunday Podcast. Special guest this week, Pro Football Focus's Sam Monson. Sam, thanks for joining me. Yeah, anytime. Thanks for having me. So, I mean, everyone around here sort of remembers you a couple of years ago when you said that Tom Brady <laughs> wasn't a top-five quarterback, but you did, credit to you, you did sort of realize and admit that that take was wrong. What was the biggest thing that made you realize that it wasn't true? Yeah, that aged pretty well, didn't it? Um <laughs> I think, look, that, that whole article was based on the premise of a couple of numbers that were trending in the wrong direction for Tom Brady for a while. So he was obviously, you know, getting up there in age, and his play in the face of pressure had been declining for a couple of seasons. And then he started that year really struggling um, on, on the back of this article you know, so it kind of looked like he'd been heading and declining, and, and maybe given his age and given what was around him at the time, I figured we may have seen the best of Tom Brady in the past. You know, I was actually very careful when I wrote the piece not to say he was done, just that he was on the decline. Now, it turns out neither of those things were true, so it's kind of splitting hairs. But, I mean, really, we just saw that from the moment that the, that infamous Chiefs game um, that was such a disaster, he really bounced back and has been, uh, if anything, getting better since that point. It's it's really phenomenal what he's been able to do since that, that time. And, and what's amazing is that, you know, the numbers that started off the whole thing, the, the number that, was, that formed the premise of all this is completely reversed. And now Tom Brady leads the NFL in pass rating under pressure by like 10 points. So, 
you know, Brady is not only playing the best football of his career, but I think he's improved all of the things that were trending in the wrong direction. What stands out most to you that he's making this improvement? Is there one or one or two different stats that Pro Football Focus uses that you've seen the, a stark improvement? Well, from that point, I think it's everything. I mean, like I say, the, the, the passer rating under pressure, that was the big thing that I think sparked all this off because at that time... Um, they had lost Dante Scarnecchia. They were they were had a, a bad offensive line for the first time in a long time. And you know the idea was that if this offensive line was going to be a problem long term, Brady is now playing worse under pressure. He's only getting older. This is going to be a long term issue. We may not see him bounce back from this. But Scarnecchia came back, which I think is a big big boost to that that, that franchise overall. The offensive line has been dramatically improved as well. And Brady is playing better in the face of pressure. So, like I say, this year he's leading the league in passer rating under pressure. He's thrown eight touchdowns to just two interceptions when he's been under pressure. Um, he's completing almost 60% of his passes under pressure, which, again, leads the league. So everything that looked like it was trending in the wrong direction for him is completely reversed and become a strength. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've noticed this year is I, I used to track his release times, and they were so quick. It was one of the quickest release times in the league. And this year it's been a lot different where he's holding the ball a little bit longer, is, is part, and, but he's still having success. You think a lot of that has to do with having Brandon Cooks and some of the numbers get skewed because they now have a deep threat in Brandon Cooks? Just What have you seen on tape for Brady's you know, being better when he's holding the ball a little bit longer? Yeah, you're right. I mean, Brady was always at the sharp end of the uh, the average time to throw stuff. He was always among the quicker quarterbacks in the entire league. Um, now we're seeing that's risen because he this offense isn't the way it used to be. That's one of the most remarkable things about Brady is that this off he's been in several different types of offense over the years. It's not like Peyton Manning who essentially just ran the same offense really, really well for the better part of his entire career. Brady has been at the helm of several iterations of the same offense that have been completely different. So you've had offenses that basically didn't have a deep threat at all, and they worked horizontally and nothing else. You had offenses that that were able to fold Randy Moss into the frame, and suddenly you had a a real deep weapon there that, that didn't exist anywhere else. You had these two tight end weapons um, with Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez for a while. This is, and this is kind of the latest iteration. They, they've been down Julian Edelman, so they've had to change the way this offense looks with Brandon Cooks coming in. And we've seen them go back to more of a, a deep passing offense. So Tom Brady typically is, is among the lower uh, figures in the league in terms of average depth of target, like to go along with that uh, quick time to, to throw, those, those two tend to, to match. This season, he's up at the other end. He's got a, an average depth of target of 9.6, which is 11th in the league. Only 10 guys have a, a higher average depth of target, and, and that's a real departure from what you typically see from Brady. Um, last year, just looking quickly, that was a full, more than a yard uh, lower. He was down the bottom half of the league. Interesting, interesting. Is he your MVP this year? Yeah, I think he has to be. I think anybody, there's a bunch of different names that keep getting thrown out for MVP. It was Carson Wentz, and then he went down, and now it's Todd Gurley, and people were talking about Antonio Brown before he went down. I think we're just looking too hard to find names that aren't Tom Brady. I mean, he has been the best player in the league at the most important position in the league. He is the MVP. 
Yeah, I mean, I do think you could have made a case for Wentz and maybe even Antonio Brown if he would have beaten the Patriots on Sunday and stayed healthy. But it's almost like Brady's winning this year by default just because all these potential candidates are, are, are getting hurt or their teams just, just aren't successful, like, like Russell Wilson, so to speak. I just think he's playing at such an incredible level that it doesn't make sense to even look beyond him. You know, he is our top-graded quarterback in the league at PFF, and he's top by a distance. I mean, he yeah. is absolutely out, uh, way ahead of the pack. Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, all those guys are kind of behind him in the same sort of area in terms of grading. And then Tom Brady is like seven points out at the top of this field. There, there's nobody that's even in the same ballpark as him. Um, I just think it's almost like people have gotten bored with the idea of Tom Brady being this good and we're looking for other people or other reasons to give the MVP award somewhere else. I just think it's his. No, it's I think that's true. Cut. We were talking about that around here, that some of the voters just might are sick of voting for Tom Brady, and that's why Carson Wentz might have got it, just because they found a guy that, that could potentially challenge him, and therefore he, he, he got the edge. Um, last year, I think Pro Football Focus rated Brady as the best player overall in the entire league. Was that true? Uh, yeah, I think he was the winner of our uh, our Stevenson Award that year. So is, we, uh, is he trending that way this year? He's definitely one of the few guys in the conversation. I think there's a couple of players that are that are in with a shout of, of arguing that. I think Bobby Wagner has been fantastic this season, uh, linebacker on Seattle. I think Aaron Donald, again, has been pretty phenomenal. Uh, it's probably those three. I'm not sure I can see much beyond those guys. Mm-hmm. And I noticed after the game, for the Steelers game, Rob Gronkowski got a perfect 99.9 grading for you guys, and it was only the, the 14th time that's ever happened. What what did Rob, Rob Gronkowski do in that game to get a perfect grading? Like what, is, what does a player need to do to get a perfect grading? <laughs> yeah, it, it was a really interesting game because the narrative heading into that game all the way through was this Steelers team can't really beat the Patriots team uh, because the Patriots just carve up the zone scheme that the Steelers like to run. And no team in the NFL runs zone coverage more than the Steelers does. Um, they run it, I think, 65% of the time overall is, is pure zone stuff um and or sorry it's uh never mind 12 percent of the time was running man mm-hmm. schemes heading into that game um it was 65 percent they ran in that game so they they completely about faced how they run coverage because they understand that brady just sits back there and carves up their zone defense and he's done it time and time again and it doesn't work so for the first time, they really changed their, their scheme. They, they went to a man-heavy scheme. You know, Tony Romo was all over that in terms of the, in the, in the booth and commentating on the game. And he was right. They, they ran 65% man coverage compared to 12% that they normally run. And really, it worked other than the fact that they didn't have anybody that could cover Rob Gronkowski. So, you know, if you're going to go man coverage, the one time that's going to be a problem is if the offense has a guy that is a man coverage beater, you know, somebody you just cannot match up with. And at least the guy that the Steelers tried to do it, um, safety Sean Davis, just couldn't cover Rob Gronkowski one-on-one. So we saw exactly what that did. Every time the Patriots needed a play, it was a pass to Gronkowski, and he made plays, whether it was, you know, a lot of the times it was in relatively tight coverage, but the ball was in good position, and Gronkowski was either able to track it over his shoulder or pick it up off his laces or you know there are a few different big plays in that game and then obviously when you get down that 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 big drive near the end it was almost all Gronkowski and then the two-point conversion as well because again it was one-on-one matchup between 
Gronkowski and, and Sean Davis, and it's just a mismatch. So, yeah, he was he was basically just too good for the guy trying to cover him. What goes in, into that rating? What what are the factors? Is, is it blocking? Is it you know maybe making plays in the clutch? What what are some of the the criteria that goes into into your rating system? Yeah, I mean it, it's all covered really. There's there's general kind of um, receiving play over the course of the game. How how big was the catch? How hard was it? Um, he made a, a couple of notable really tough catches, like like I said, with the, the one off his laces. It was one down um, down the seam over his head where I can't remember who it was covering and them, probably Davis, um, had a hand literally over Gronkowski's eyes as the ball was coming in over his shoulder, and he still managed to track it perfectly into his hands. So those kind of extra level of difficulty plays will bump up his grade. Blocking is a factor. Whether you get um, flagged, called for penalties is a big factor as well. So, yeah, everything we measure effectively folds into that game uh, or folds into that uh, grade along with sort of game situation, you know, crunch times in the game, um, exactly what kind of play it was, where, how it affected the down and distance, you know, whether you made a 15-yard a reception on third and 18 is, is obviously not going to get it done, but on first and 10, that's a, that's a chain-moving play. So, yeah, everything we can think of folds into these grades. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the other side of the ball for the Patriots. Obviously, it's been an up-and-down year where they were really struggling early on and then seemed to have figured things out, maybe set up a little bit of late. But what are your metrics say about the Patriots' defense? Where do you have them ranked in the rest of the league? Yeah, we actually never ranked them as low as their overall numbers were suggesting. And it was because early in the season when they were getting gashed by everybody, almost all of the big plays coming against them were coverage busts. Um, and obviously those are bad, and, and it's not something you want to happen, but it's also not something anybody thought was going to be sustainable all the way through the season. You know, if there's one thing you can say about a Bill Belichick coach team is that people know what they're supposed to be doing, and you don't tend to see them make the same sequence of mistakes over and over again. And they had a, a bad run at the start of the, of the season when a bunch of those guys in the secondary just couldn't get on the same page, and it, it cost them some big plays. But that's evened itself out. You know, the, the second month of the season, there were a lot fewer. The third month of the season, there were hardly any. So now we're seeing really what this defense is, which is much better than it, it looked over those first few weeks of the season. I, I still don't think it's a, a great unit, um, but we never expected it to be coming into the season. We expected the Patriots to be a team that would be carried by the offense, and the defense just really needed to be good enough to to hold up. And I think the secondary in particular has been playing a lot better over the second half of the year. And then that front seven basically just has to be just has to be good enough to not be a liability. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have the numbers or anything right in front of you could you could help me out with this, but has Stefan Gilmore's play been a big factor in the overall defense improving? Yeah, he, he has been he's actually been fantastic over the last month. He had a the first game against Miami, the, the game against Buffalo in particular, were monster grades for him, his best two games of the season. Um, over the past month, he's only allowed something like 130 yards total in, into his coverage. Um, I've been playing dramatically better because he's still been targeted over that time. So, yeah, Stephon Gilmore coming back and not being at the heart of coverage bus has been a big thing. Mm-hmm. Where do you see this team going? Do you see any team in the AFC that can challenge them? I, the AFC, in fact, both conferences, I think, are really wide open. Um, I, I think the Patriots are probably still the favorites, but I think this past week was a big game for Pittsburgh in terms of showing themselves as much as anything else that they could 
beat the Patriots in crunch times. That you know they didn't get it done, but everything else from that game, I think, um, is a positive. They they showed that they could change up their scheme and it would work by and large. They found the big flaw within the new game plan, which is we just need a better way of trying to cover Gronkowski because one on one with Sean Davis won't do it. Um, and they did all that without Antonio Brown for most of the game. So I think overall that was a positive for the Steelers, and it, it would give them confidence that they can go and beat the Patriots in the playoffs. Um, I think the Jaguars are a pretty terrifying team at the moment. That defense is phenomenal, especially against the pass. It, it can get a huge amount of pressure up front, and they've got the best cornerback tandem in the league in, in A.J. Bouye and uh, Jalen Ramsey behind it. So and the the big thing about them is that Blake Bortles, the quarterback, has actually been playing a lot better over the past few weeks. Um, it's not, you know, the first half of the season, they were almost doing everything they could to make sure he didn't have to pass the ball at all. But now he's actually been part of that team rolling. So I don't know if there's anybody that wants to face the Jags in the playoffs either. Yeah, I was actually going to say that that would be a fascinating matchup to see Tom Brady go against that Jacksonville defense. It obviously would probably be at Gillette Stadium, but do you think that the Jaguar that matchup would maybe favor the Jaguars' defense? How would you see that potentially going? Yeah, that would be, I think, one of the matchups of the playoffs if that, if that happens. Um, I, it's tough to any ever favor a team over the Patriots' offense just because we've seen them be so successful um, time and time again, but this Jags defense may be the best team in the league, uh, the best defense in the league, rather. Um, I think if that happens, we might see the Patriots go to one of those run-heavy game plans that they, they've employed in the past and really try and grind it out on the ground because that's where this defense struggles the most. They're so good against the pass that it would, be, it would definitely be taking, things, uh, taking risks to, to run with a pass-heavy game plan. If you try and pound the ball down their throats, they at least leave some space and some um, gap integrity issues when they, they play the run that you might be able to exploit them better that way. What do you see in the NFC? Obviously, that's pretty wide open. A lot of injuries have, have impacted things. Who do you see as the favorite to come out over there? I mean, the NFC is chaos because the two best teams in the league, in the conference, at least in terms of uh, overall record, are both working with backup quarterbacks now. You've got Nick Foles in Philadelphia and uh, Case Keenum with the Vikings. And I think both teams are still fine despite that. The Vikings, we've been waiting, I think, for the wheels to fall off this Case Keenum wagon all season. But if anything, he's actually playing better as the year goes on. And as long as that offensive line remains healthy and at least gives them a, an adequate offensive line in front of him, I think he might actually be a legitimate, decent starter. You know, they've got quality receivers in Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen. It goes a bit deeper than that as well. Um, and that defense, obviously, is one of the best in the league as well. So I think Keenum's actually in reasonable shape. And then the Eagles, I, I mean, I wrote uh, after Wentz went down that I think they might actually be okay with Foles because that coaching staff has done such a good job all season long of putting Wentz in, in really good positions to succeed. You know, they ran more run-pass options, more RPOs than anybody else in the league by a distance um, and they, they've schemed Carson Wentz up really well in terms of having simple reads, having easy, um, easy passing opportunities, essentially, to take advantage of what a defense is giving him. And those same things are going to make it easier for Nick Foles to be successful as well. And, and he has a history of having, um, having stretches of play where the scheme has, been, has enabled him to be extremely productive and efficient without him actually playing very well. I think 
just looking at his numbers from his first game, it's exactly the same thing. He didn't actually play that well, but the numbers are fantastic. Passer rating, extremely high completion percentage, all that kind of thing, four touchdowns. Um, so I think the Eagles and the Vikings are both in decent shape despite backup quarterbacks, but it always gives you pause for concern. You, know, you start looking at the Saints come playoff time or um, you know, even the, the Panthers with uh, Cam Newton there. There's just more pedigree and more trust built into quarterbacks that we've seen do it before. Mm-hmm. Before I let you go, I don't know if you're in the prediction business, but do you have a Super Bowl prediction already? Um, I I think you've still got to lean with the Patriots, you know, until another team gives you a reason to to say that you would favor them. And I don't think anybody's yet done that. I think you've got to see the Patriots coming out of the AFC. The a- the NFC is complete. I just can't pick anybody coming out of that conference. It is total chaos. I'm not sure you would favor any of the the top five seeds coming out of that conference. Really, there may only be one weaker team in the entire um, conference, and anything could happen once they start playing each other. Mm-hmm. Hey, thanks so much for joining me, Sam. Re- really enjoyed the conversation. People can find your stuff on Pro Football Focus and also on Twitter at PFF underscore Sam. Sam, thanks so much. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.